At the Canaan Church, our mission is bringing people to Christ and helping every person to become a mature disciple in Christ. Canaan Christian Church, where people dare to dream. I want to direct your attention today again to the Gospel of John. Our hearts and minds are focused on Jesus Christ, his coming into the world. On last Sunday in John's Gospel, chapter 1, we looked at chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 and verse 14. I want us to look back at that pericope of scripture one more time. I want us to look in John's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 16 through 18. Verses 16 through 18, John's Gospel, chapter 1. The word of God reads like this. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to teach today for just a little while on the idea of the greatness of grace. The greatness of grace. I open this teaching today by making the claim that the Bible is a miraculous, magnificent, and marvelous book. And the reason being is because it reveals to us and speaks to us about the greatest love story that the world has ever heard and experienced. It is the greatest love story that we have ever heard and experienced because it speaks to us about a sovereign God who would not give up, a sovereign God who loved what he made so dearly and so deeply that he wouldn't give up on what he made. The book of Genesis informs us that God spoke the world into existence, that the sovereign God created the world out of nothing, that God speaks and everything that was not became what it became. And not only did God create the world, but God created you and I. God took the dust of the ground, formed man, and then breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. God created man in his image and in his likeness, and then created us to live in the place of dominion. He made mankind to be the trustee, to be the steward of the earth realm. And so it is without question that mankind was the apex of God's creation. Is it not in the book of Psalms, Psalm 8, that the psalmist says, when I consider 
your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels and you have crowned him with glory and honor. Mankind was the apex of God's creation. However, this wonderful and blessed context was changed because of the disruption of the issue of sin. Sin enters the world because of disobedience. Adam and Eve disobeyed God and in their disobedience, sin enters the world. Because of sin, the creature is alienated from the creator. Man's relationship with God is disrupted and we are separated from the one who caused us to be. And in and of ourselves, mankind did not have the capability nor the capacity to deliver himself from this dilemma. It would be our destiny in and of ourselves to be eternally separated from God. But God, because of his love, God who does not need us to be God, God who is self-existing and self-sustaining because of his love, he took the initiative to fix it whereby we could be forgiven and reconciled in our relationship with him. He did it because he loved what he made. No wonder the prophet Jeremiah said, speaking of God, he has loved thee with an everlasting love. And perhaps on this Sunday morning, on this Christmas Sunday morning, we might need to be reminded that perhaps the most familiar one singular verse in all of the scripture is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Christmas is a celebration of God's love for us in Christ. Might I say it again, Christmas is a celebration of God's love for us in Christ. The season of Advent is a affirmation and a confirmation that our God is the God of grace. And in the Gospel of John, John addresses the birth of Christ. He addresses the incarnation of God in Christ in a theological manner. John takes us farther in this text today because in this text John says to us and of his fullness we have all received grace for grace 
for the law was given through Moses but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ no one has seen God at any time the only begotten son who is in the bosom of the father he has declared him you remember on last Sunday that I said to you that in the Gospel of John, he speaks to us about the Christology of Jesus. And the word Christology means our understanding of who Christ is. And I need to remind you today that that's not something to play with because you and I are Christians today, not because we believe in God. We are Christians today, not because we believe in, in a monotheistic faith that we believe in one God. But you and I are Christians and we are only Christians because we believe that Jesus Christ was God manifested in the flesh. In John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. That is what we would refer to as high Christology. High Christology affirms the deity of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ was fully God. He was God of all God, that he was God by himself, that he was co-eternal, co-equal, and co-existence with God as Father and God as Holy Spirit. It affirms the deity of Jesus Christ. The Jesus existence did not start in a manger in Bethlehem, that he predates Bethlehem because he was with God eternally in the beginning before the world was created. And then John says in verse 14, and the word became flesh and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That is what we would speak of theologically and biblically as low Christology. And that's not something that you have to struggle to understand. Church people can understand these terminologies, high Christology, low Christology. And low Christology is affirming the humanity of Christ. The Jesus Christ that he is God fully God and yet he chose to leave the precincts of glory and come down into a world marred by sin that Jesus chose to leave the company of angels and come into a world filled with men and women whose lives are marred by faults and failures he's the one who walked the dusty streets of Palestine he's the one that gave sight to the blind unstopped death is fed the hungry cared for the poor he's the one who came into the world who humbled himself so that you and I could get a picture of what God is really like John now takes us farther in our understanding of the incarnation of Christ because he speaks to us about the greatness of grace listen again to what he says in verse 16 and of his fullness we have all received and grace 
for grace. John says that there is a fountain brimming over with grace. And Paul helps us to understand this in a deeper way when he writes to the church at Colossians. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9, listen to what Paul says to us in Colossians 2 and 9. He says to us that when we speak of Jesus Christ, Paul says to us in Colossians chapter 2 verse 9, he says, and speaking of Jesus, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Listen carefully, for in him, that is in Jesus, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Paul helps us to understand that Jesus was all of the divinity that you could put in dust so that grace becomes the greatest manifestation of the presence and love of God and Jesus was overflowing in grace and when you think about Jesus overflowing in grace brothers and sisters this is serious biblical revelation because it reminds us that you and I we are who we are because of the grace of God this is not just a theological nicety no it is a revelation that you and I need to take to our hearts because the grace of God is available to every person the grace of God is available today to the person who has no relationship with God whatsoever and the grace of God is available to church people, to people who would claim to be saved, whose lives are still marred by sin, who in being saved, they still sometimes have faults and failures. His grace is available to us as well. The Bible puts it like this in Romans chapter 5. Paul says to us, where sin did abound, grace has abounded all the more. And not only that, but when God's grace is extended to us, his grace is always fully adequate to meet every need in our life. And so Paul says to us that it is the grace of God that saves us and it is the grace of God that sustains us in our Christian living. I don't know about you, but I'm thanking God right now for his grace. Listen to what John says to us in verse 17 of our text. In verse 17, John says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. It is a contrast between the requirements of the law and the new era of salvation by grace without the works of the law through the finished work of Christ on the cross. You see, beloved, under law, God required righteousness from people, but under grace, it is given 
to people. Under the law, it was righteousness by Moses and goodness, but under grace is righteousness declared by God. Under the law, it was blessings based on obedience, but under grace, it is blessings freely given to God to those who trust him. Thank God for grace. Thank God for Jesus. And when you think about this uh, matter, beloved, this is the ongoing tension that we read throughout the New Testament epistles. When you read the New Testament, there is this continual tension between law and grace. And the reason there's a tension there because law could never deliver us and make us righteous with God. Listen to how Paul puts it to us in Romans chapter 8. We'll start a reading with verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Tell somebody that's you and me. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Listen to this verse very carefully. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh... God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. What the law could not do. The law could not deliver us because the law does two things. The law makes us conscious of our failure. I wouldn't know my weaknesses if it wasn't for the law. And then the law not only makes me conscious of my failure, but the law then condemns me of my failure. But the grace of God moves us beyond a consciousness and a condemnation. The grace of God says that God is going to forgive us and make it all right. And then when you read Paul's letter to the churches of Galatia, Paul says that the, 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 the law was a pedagogy. The law was a tutor to show us our need for God in Christ. The law helped us to understand that if I'm going to be saved, if I'm going to be changed, if I'm going to be delivered, if I'm going to be healed, I need a power above me. I need a power beyond me I need a power that's greater than me because when I would do good evil is always present in my mind I want to serve God but there's an old me that keeps rising up against the new me and so often that old me is getting the better of the new me but I'm so glad that grace steps in and grace says I'm going to help you to do what you couldn't do in and of yourself. Grace is a reminder to us that God sent Jesus into the world for no other reason than to bless us. 
And then when Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, listen to what Paul says to us in Ephesians chapter 2. He begins Ephesians chapter 2 by reminding all of us that we were dead in trespasses and sins. But then you get down to verse 4 and listen to what Paul says. He says, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. I shouting information. Do you know, beloved, nobody's ever loved you better than God in Christ. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus God says I'm going to so lavish you with grace that you're going to become a spiritual reference point so others can know that I'm mighty to save. The reason why everybody around you know that God's real and that our God saves is because they know where he brought you from because there's some folk who knew you before you started going to church. They knew you before you got saved and they're saying if God can change him, if God can change her, God can change me and God can change the world, there's got to be something powerful about this grace hallelujah he wants to show the world who he's who he is and what he's done for us for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God not of works least anyone should boast that's another place to holler right there salvation is God's gift to you you didn't earn it you can't pay for it it's just what God has done for you in Christ and he did it simply and solely because he loved loves you. Maybe I ought to pause parenthetically and just remind somebody what grace is. Grace is simply God's unmerited favor shown to undeserving mankind. Grace is God giving you what you do not deserve. Grace is God giving you another chance. Grace is God looking beyond your faults and recognizing your needs. Grace is God giving you a new lease on life. I'm telling you beloved you ought to thank God for grace and the greatest expression of God's grace is to be seen in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus came into the world. He was born in a manger so you could get a manifestation of the grace of God. The incarnation of God in Christ is that Jesus came came into the world to rectify our wrongs. He came into the world to make it so that you and I could be brought back into a right relationship with God in Christ. Because on this Christmas Sunday morning, it doesn't matter what you and I may think we got going for ourselves. It don't matter what job you got. It don't matter how many degrees you got behind your name. It don't matter 
where you live. It doesn't matter what you drive. It doesn't matter what societal groups you belong to. I'm telling you, if you ain't got Jesus, you ain't got nothing going on. But if you have him, you got everything. I said, if you got him, you got everything. That's why nobody needs to be depressed today. I'm telling the folk watching me on this streaming broadcast, I don't care where you live. I don't care what the context of your life is. Don't you sit down and be depressed. Don't you let the enemy put a garment of heaviness on you. Don't you whine and cry because you ain't got a tree with a whole lot of presents sitting under a tree. Brother and sister, that stuff is temporary. That stuff is not the essence of who you are. But right now, if you can answer when somebody calls your name, if you got the activities of your arms and legs, if you could brush your own teeth, if you can comb your own hair, you ain't got to have no turkey you ain't got to have a baked ham you ain't got to have sweet potatoes and cornbread and collard greens if you ain't got nothing but some oatmeal if you ain't got nothing but some grits you have those oatmeal and toast and tell the Lord I want to thank you for being good to me because if you can tell yourself I'm a child of the living God I've been saved I've been redeemed I've been forgiven. I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. I've got a phone in my bosom and I can call up God in the name of Jesus. He's the one that gives me strength. He's the one that wakes me up. He's the one that keeps me going from day to day. I'm telling you, you ought to tell the Lord, thank you. When you think about the hundreds of people that are homeless and had to be outside possibly in a minus seven degree, I don't care what kind of house you live in. If you ain't outdoors, you better start telling the Lord, thank you for his goodness and for his grace because he's a mighty good God. I'm trying to wrap this up now. Come here, sister. Come here, sister. Come here, sister. I don't want you to read about yourself in the story today because I'm talking about grace you remember don't you sister when Jesus went to the temple that day and the Pharisees brought a woman before Jesus who they said that they had caught the sister red handed in idolatry and the law of Moses said she was to be condemned the text says that they did it just to try to trap Jesus but Jesus knowing the sentiments of their hearts the Bible says he didn't say anything he just got down on his knees and started writing on the ground we're not told what he wrote but he just started writing on the ground and when they kept on pressing the issue then Jesus looked up and said to the accusers he says you who are without sin cast the first stone the Bible says they started 
been walking out from the oldest down to the youngest and then Jesus got up and looked at the woman and said sister where are your accusers she says Lord I don't have any and Jesus said neither do I accuse you go and sin no more I'm talking to every sister in this sanctuary I'm talking to every woman watching me virtually online sister where are your accusers don't act like you always done what's right now where are your accusers and Jesus says neither do I accuse you go and sin no more because sister that's what grace will do for you grace will meet you where you are but it won't leave you where it found you every woman of God ought to start hollering right now that when nobody else loved me Jesus loved me when nobody else wanted to give me a tomorrow Jesus gave me a new day come here brother come here brother I ain't forgot you come here brother come here man of God do you remember when Jesus calmed that storm that day on a boat and then when he came into the region of the Gadareans the Bible says he was confronted by a man in the region of the Gadareans whose life was filled with unclean spirits this man was demon possessed and he had so many demons in his life that the demonic was tormenting him the man lived in the tombstone territory he lived in the cemetery he lived in the graveyard you know the graveyard ain't a place for you to live if you're alive there he is in the graveyard and then he's taking stones and cutting himself and then at night he's, he's screaming and screeching and making crazy noises all night long and then the people in the community they get some chains and they try to bind him up they don't want to heal him they just want to confine him to the graveyard but because he had so many unclean spirits in him the Bible says that he broke the chains like they were nothing whenever your life is filled with unclean spirits then you're gonna act crazy you're gonna act chaotic because crazy and confusion and being chaotic is going to be the content of your life ah but thank God for Jesus because what other folk can't do Jesus can do. The community did not want to have anything to do with the brother. The community marginalized him. The community made him one of the untouchables. And I'm talking to a brother right now who remembers the day in your life when there were folk looked you in the face and said you ain't gonna never be nothing. You ain't gonna change cause change ain't in you. You don't want to do right. You're just gonna be foolish you're going to be ignorant you're going to be low down you're going to be a thug all your life but what they didn't count on is that you would meet Jesus one day 
Ah, oh, Jesus met the man. And Jesus said to this man, tell me, what's your name? The man said to Jesus, my name is Legion. Legion wasn't the brother's name. He says, my name is Legion. He says, because I got so many demons in me. I don't know which one of me is me. And then Jesus spoke to the unclean spirits in the man. That went over your head. Jesus didn't speak to the man. He spoke to the unclean spirits in the man. Jesus said to the unclean spirits, come out of him. And whenever Jesus starts telling demons to go, it ain't going to be no negotiation. Ain't going to be no peace treaty. The only thing going to happen, they going to get up and get to moving. Because when Jesus speaks, he speaks with a Authority. He said, come out of the man. There's about 2,000 swines there. The Bible says the demons got in those hogs and then ran valiantly and drowned in the sea. And then the Bible says that the man who had been living in the graveyard, the man who had been cutting himself with stones, the man who had been making screaming and crazy noise at night, they found that same man sitting down clothed and in his right mind. I need every man of God that knows the Lord has laid his hands on you to open up your mouth and start giving God an undignified praise. I need every man right now to stand on your feet and let everybody know I'm a changed man. I'm not the man I used to be. I used to be on the street but now I'm in the sanctuary. I used to be in the club but now I'm in the church. I used to dance all night and now I'm dancing for Jesus. I gotta praise in me and I gotta get it out. Come on brother open up your mouth and praise God like it's your last time because you are the man in that story because the man is clothed in his right mind sitting down and talking with Jesus this man said to Jesus Lord wherever you going let me go with you but Jesus said to this man he says no don't go with me but go home and tell others what good things the Lord has done for you every man of God you ought to go find your friends find family members. You ought to say to yourself, if the Lord lets me see a new year, I'm going to go and after they got through singing about it, go tell it on the mountain. I'm going to go tell everybody I know that I met a Savior and he's sweet I know. I want every man in this house to know that this is your story. What is my story, Pastor? Your story is that you were a maniac but 
God gave you a miracle and then he gave you a mission. Come on, a maniac, a miracle, and a mission. I'm glad that the Lord changed my life. I wish I could stand here and tell you that I've always been a pastor. I wish I could tell you that I've always been a preacher. But the fact of the matter is I ain't always been a pastor. Haven't always been a preacher. Haven't always been a Christian. Haven't always been a child of God. There was a time when I didn't know the Lord and I was on my way to hell. I didn't find God because God wasn't lost. But God found me. And when he found me, he covered me with his grace. And then finally, let me wrap up this lesson. John says in verse 18, no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten son who is in the bosom of the father, he has declared him. That phrase, the only begotten son, comes from the Greek word called mononais, and, and it means unique. That Jesus is the mononais. He is the unique son of God. That ain't nobody else like him. That's why Jesus said one day before Abraham was, I am. That's why Jesus says, when you seen me, you have seen the Father. Jesus was the explanation of who God is. We could even say that Jesus is the exegesis of God. That Jesus explains to us who God is. That's why in the book of Revelation you have seven spirits of God. And in the gospel of John you have the seven I am sayings of Christ. Because the one key word about John's gospel is the word sign. So in the gospel of John Jesus says I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am living water. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I am the true vine. When you look at Jesus, you see all the God that you could ever see. Because in Christ, Jesus helps us to understand that our God is a caring God. That our God is a God of comfort. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of grace. He's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. He's a God who will never forsake you. He's a God who will never fail you. He's a God who's always there. He's a God that knows how to make a way when it looked like there's no way to be made. And so beloved on this Christmas Sunday morning we are celebrating Jesus the Christ. We are celebrating the incarnate God. A baby born in a manger. The God who came into the world for no other reason than to give us life and that we might have life more abundantly. And the Christ born 
born in that cradle he would eventually make his way from a cradle in Bethlehem to a cross on a hill called Calvary and one Friday on a hill called Calvary he would suffer bleed and die on a hill called Calvary on an old rugged cross he would die for our sins he would die that we could be redeemed he would die that we could be forgiven he would die so we could be reconciled he would die so we could be set free from the penalty of sin he was buried in another man's tomb but I'm glad today that the story didn't end right there I'm glad today that early Sunday morning he got up from the grave and said all power in heaven and earth is in my hands child of God amazing grace shall always be my song of praise for it was grace that bought my liberty I do not know why he came to love me so but he looked beyond my fault and saw my need I will ever lift my eyes to Calvary to view the cross where Jesus died for me how marvelous was that grace that caught my fallen soul he looked he looked he looked beyond my fault and he saw my need I'm through now Canaan but look at somebody in the face and tell a neighbor oh neighbor Merry Christmas and God bless you real good I'm going to tell somebody a second time that you have every reason to scream and shout. You have every reason to stand on your feet and wave your hands. You got every reason to start running a lap in the sanctuary. You got every reason in that house to start throwing dishes. You got every reason to throw your shoe at the television because you ought to be thanking God for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your love. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your joy. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your power. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your light. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your faith. Thank you for your hope. Thank you for your love. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for my healing. Thank you for my deliverance. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for making a way out of no way. Thank you for guiding me along this treacherous journey. Thank you, Jesus, for holding my hand. 
Thank you, Jesus, for ordering my steps. Thank you, Jesus, for being my guide in a dark world. Thank you, Jesus, for being a bridge over troubled waters. Thank you, Jesus, when others walked away, you stood by my side. Thank you, Jesus, when the devil thought he had the victory, you brought me through. Thank you, Jesus. You gave me a testimony that weeping men do it for night, but joy comes in the morning. You gave me a testimony that the devil meant it for evil, but you meant it for my good. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like the Lord. And every day with Jesus, it's sweeter than the day before. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Have I got anybody that can tell the Lord thank you, thank you? God. Thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. Where would I be? And where would you be? If it had not been that the Lord was on your side. Thank him for grace. When you get home, don't get caught up in things that's got written on it temporary. Jesus is the best gift that you have ever received. He's the best. And he's the gift that keeps on giving. We, 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 we need to thank God for the simple, everyday blessings of life. Because I don't care how bad you think your situation is. There's somebody right now who would trade places with you. The people represent the church no matter where we are. So stay connected and reach others as we grow in Christ.